and welcome to the Practical Prophetic, where prophetic ministry is made practical. I'm Beth Wingate, I'm your host, and welcome to the podcast. We've been talking about the Hebrew word naba, which means to be inspired of the Holy Spirit when you speak or sing, and it's one of the definitions for the word prophecy or prophesying or prophet in your Bible. And so we've been going through these words, and we've had several guests that have talked about different ways we receive from the Lord. And today I have a guest who is very dear and special to me, uh, Marcia Headley. Her and her husband are evangelists and have been pastors, and she is also an author. And um, I want to welcome her to the program and just jump right into uh, talking about the things that God has been putting on her heart to share with us. And the name of her book before I introduce her is Prayer Dynamics by Marsha Headley. And I will put a link in the description box if you would like to get the book or to to reach out to her and email her. And so welcome to the program, Marsha. Thank you, Beth. It's great to be on your program today. Yes, and I'm so excited. You And you were my pastor many years ago, you and your husband. That's right. And those were treasured years. And we look back with fond memories of those times. Yes. So we're glad God reconnected us. Yes, absolutely. And um, I just am excited to hear what God's saying to you in this hour. I know you had shared with me some things you wanted to share with our audience. And um, I'm I'm just going to pretty much turn it over to you and let you uh, just talk with us about the things that God's been speaking to you about. All right. Thanks so much. Yes. Well, I want to start off with Galatians chapter 5, verse 25, which is in the NLT, which is where I'm reading. And it says, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. And I really believe, like you do, Beth, that God wants to use His Spirit in a prophetic way in our lives, leading us and guiding us. And Bruce and I travel. We travel so much. Honestly, this is the first break we've had in a long time of this magnitude. We we are ministering most every weekend. And during those times that we are out and about, we are witnessing to people God put in our path. And we really depend on the Lord to have a word for them and to speak whatever it is. God knows the path of life they are on, and he knows what questions they have in their minds. And we have been sent by God to answer those questions or to remind them that God cares about them and loves them. And we have been just so encouraged by the fact that God really does lead us by his spirit if we will allow him to do so. Yes, I want to jump back in and say that uh, I went to your and your husband's church when I was in my high school years, and uh, we would go to a restaurant or something, you know, after church, and I saw firsthand how evangelism and really what I call prophetic evangelism because God would show you the right person to, and lead you to the right person to minister to. And that's also something my mother does and that, and, and I've become um, someone who does that. And so it's just so important. I just, I, I want to tell you that um, 
what an impact that's had on, on me and my family and something that we do to this day. That's encouraging, Beth. And I hope on another program, you and I can talk about that because I really believe that is the heart of most Christians, that they yes. really want to live and act of the apostles' adventure in their walk with God, because I believe that's what God has for us to do. Yes. But today, what I want to talk to you about actually concerns the coronavirus. And yes. I believe there are insights that God has spoken to me about this time frame that we're living in. And so I'll just start sharing this word, if you don't mind, Beth. And, yes, I, I'm... I'm Yes, I think this is what I always talk about, seeking godly counsel, and I would definitely say you are one of those people. I'm very interested to hear what the Lord is saying to you. Well, thank you. And if at any point you want to jump back in, please do. Yes. I, I believe that God doesn't want to keep us in the dark. I believe that we, his people, have been given a special place to hear the heart of God and the voice of God through his spirit, as I shared with you in Galatians chapter 5, verse 25. And we see this lived out um, in many lives in the book of Acts. That's why I think the book of Acts is one of my favorite books. And usually we read that book through several times a year because it reminds us that even after Jesus went to heaven, the Holy Spirit still operated in the lives of the believers. And yes. you can see there was much revealed to Paul, to Peter, or even to Philip. You, you can see throughout the book of Acts how God continues to reveal himself to his church. And so God doesn't want to keep us in the dark. And one of those places that we first see this is in the book of Genesis when God is talking to Abraham. Abraham was called the friend of God. And Abraham, I just want to add this in, he kept his friendship up to date. And I think that's important for <laughs> yeah. us to remember that when we pray, God shouldn't have to say, now, what was your name again? <laughs> you know, we keep our friendship up to date. And God knows that we are regularly feasting at his table and watching and waiting for his return. The Bible tells us to do that. Yes. And so we see that when God came to visit Abraham, he allowed Abraham two areas of privilege to approach him. And I want to just really quickly talk about those two. The first has to do with intercession, where we ask God for things. Mm -hmm. And the second has to do with interrogatory questions. And that is where we ask questions of God. Do you remember how Abraham, God told Abraham, I'm going down to check about Sodom and, and it's not looking good. I've heard, had so many things come before me. So many prayers come before me concerning it. And so Abraham knew that his nephew Lot was in Sodom. And so he was greatly concerned about what was about to happen. And God said, I didn't want to hide this from you, Abraham, because you're a friend. And so Abraham then asked God, 
will you destroy the righteous with the wicked? You see that we can ask God questions. Many people think that when we pray, we should never ask God questions, but we don't see that in the word of God. We see that God opens himself up to allow that. And then, right. then Abraham began to intercede for his family. And he started out, if there's 50 righteous, ultimately he got down to, if there's 10 righteous, will you spare Sodom? And then he asked God another question. He says, will not the judge of all the earth do right? Now, that's a pretty heavy question to ask God. <laughs> I don't know about you, but that, that one makes me. Both of those questions Abraham asked God were very pointed and very personal. Very and bold, they, yes. Yes, they were. They were very bold. And yet God did not get offended by that. And so I just want to share that, that as we are talking with God, he doesn't want to keep us in the dark. He allows us to ask questions and he allows us to also ask him for specific things and specific people and situations mm -hmm. in our lives. So God is very approachable. And Jesus made us aware of that when he said to us in John 15, 15, he said, no longer do I call you servants for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends for all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. Yes. And we know God has revealed those things in his word. He's revealed so much to us, his people, but he's also revealed things to mankind as a whole. For instance, the book of Daniel gives the history of mankind. And if you, if you check out that calendar that God gave Daniel, you will see how extremely accurate it is. And then Jesus talked about the end times in the book of Matthew and in Luke. And in Revelation, John spoke about the end times. And the Bible says in Amos 3, 7, that God reveals things to his prophets, that he doesn't do anything except he reveals them to his prophets. And we see right now, Beth, that there is so much prophetic word being given by God. In yeah. fact, I remember at the first of the year, I was watching a specific program that had interviewed a number of people who have a prophetic ministry. And I was amazed at how many words were given and the similarity of them and yet the uniqueness of them. And God tells us things. And amazingly, there were some of those that actually gave prediction to what we're walking through right now. Maybe not with the clarity and understanding that we have on the other side, but those things were out there. And I remember pondering those things and wondering what they meant. But God wants to reveal things to us and help us. I remember my, my husband, Bruce, he said, Marcia, I don't know what's going to happen the first of the year, but God has shown me that something is going to happen in our world. Wow. And, and so we began to fast and pray. And since that time, uh, we have fasted and prayed as specified by God, the certain things God has asked us to do and um, ask God to help us to be ready and be prepared. 
And so I think that's something God wants us to do, is to hear from him and know how to be prepared. I have a friend, Martha, is actually in my book and the first chapter. So if you get my book, you'll read how instrumental God has used her. But she was sharing with me just this week that she went to the grocery store a few weeks ago and felt very impressed that she was to really load up her grocery cart with, you know, a very unusual amount of groceries. And because Martha is in, she's in her 80s. And so that was an important thing for Martha to do. And God wow. knew it. And he so took care God, of her. Yeah. He did. And so God wants to reveal things to us. We just have to have ears to hear. Yes. Because God has a plan, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Most everybody's familiar with that, and it it says, "I know the plans I have for you," says the Lord. Therefore, good and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. But I want to bring something in here, Beth, and that is that Satan has a plan and agenda, and an agenda too. And we must be aware of that. That even though God's plan for us is good. Satan also has an alternate plan, and it's important for us to begin to recognize that very specific thing. And we see that fleshed out in Jesus' words when he said, Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But then he said, I have come to give you life and more abundant life. And Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. But he said, that Satan is the, uh, a liar and the father of liars. And so it's very interesting that Jesus helped us to see that even though he has this abundant life and he has the way and the truth and the life that he has set before us, the enemy is always working his angle. And we must be aware of that. And I want to bring you to uh, your attention to Jeremiah 29, verse 12. Very few people ever talk about that, but it's right after that verse we all love so much about God's good plan. And it says, if you seek me, you will find me if you search for me with all of your heart. And then he says, I will be found of you, says the Lord. So God wants to reveal himself to us. He wants to be found by us. But as the book of James said, that if we will draw nigh to God, he will draw near to us. And so if we seek God, we'll find him. But so often we get busy in our days and we're not listening to the gentle voice of the Holy Spirit. And it's something every one of us have to remember. We all have to make a habit and a plan Mm -hmm. that we're going to listen to the still small voice of God. And I think uh, I'll add in right here that this is an opportunity for a lot of us to make changes and to, for those of us who have not been doing that, um, this is an opportunity for change. There's a, yes. people have a lot of time on their hands now. Well, a lot of people. Yes, yes, indeed. And many people in this time are wondering if this is God's plan of sending plagues as mentioned in the book of Revelation in chapter nine, verse 15 through 19. And I believe that it is a precursor to that. I do not believe that this is the time mentioned in the book of Revelation, which is in the time of the tribulation. 
But I believe that God has a plan in the midst of what's happening. I don't believe that God's plan is to kill all of these people and send this plague for the death of the lost. I don't believe that. But I believe it is the devil's plan. And I think that's what we've got to discern. What is God's plan? What's the devil's plan? We know Jesus is coming soon. We know he's given us signs that he wants us to be aware of because we're his friends. As Jesus said, I'm not hiding things from you. I've shared with you the spirit of God. Jesus said, I'm sending my spirit and he's going to reveal all the things that you need to be aware of when I'm gone. And so Jesus has left his word, but he's left his spirit. So we constantly have communication with him. And uh, so what I really want to talk to you a little bit today is about the devil's plan, because many people aren't aware of the devil's plan. You know, they read their Bibles and they read those few verses. But I want to show you some things that I believe are happening in this world today that are I'm going to show you God's plan and I'm going to show you the devil's plan that's happening. I want to just first of all say God still wants to save the world. Yes. And and that's the first of the three prophetic things I want you to consider. God still wants to save the world. Second Peter three nine says God is not slack as some people count slackness, but he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And that's God's plan. But the devil's plan, as I shared with you before, is to still kill and destroy. And the devil wants to kill more people that are not yet ready. I believe God is about to send a great move of his spirit to the earth. I I believe the enemy senses that. I believe that he wants to hurry up and finish off as many lost people as he can before the lost have a chance to hear the message of salvation and get ready. And I believe that is part of what's happening behind this pandemic. I believe also that in the midst of this situation, what the enemy meant for evil, God is trying to turn it around for good. Yes. Because we see that God is stirring the church. Let's let's look back at the story of Jesus and his crucifixion. Remember that it looked bleak. It looked like, God, what, what are you doing? Where are you? How could you let this happen? I can only imagine how the disciples felt after leaving all to follow Christ, and then their whole world is falling apart, so much so that they all dispersed. They didn't remember any of the words that Jesus said leading up to that. And this is really important for us, the church, that we remember the words Jesus said to us. Mm -hmm. Jesus talked about the fact that he would never leave us or forsake us that his peace would be with us always. He would be with us to the very end. And we must never forget that. So God has not forsaken us. But in this time, God is stirring the church. God is using this time to call the church back to himself. And we see that in this There's a global prayer movement that's happening. In fact, you can even Google global prayer movement. And you can also see that there are are prayer movements happening like Unite, which uh, Pastor Robert Morris and Craig Rochelle and um, 
and Chris Hodges and uh, T.D. Jakes and just so many others are coming together, uniting in prayer, and churches around the world that they're connected with are, in, are uniting in prayer. And you can even get, a, I think, a prayer app or a prayer. There's a, a place online to, that you can go if you look up Unite. And and then there is a prayer app called Give Him 15, which is put out by Dutch Sheets Ministry. And it's a very prophetic app, and it will speak to you um, for as to what it has different prophetic voices that are that will sometimes write on that on that app and there's a daily prayer to pray and a daily guide in terms of the direction to pray and then there's another website called if america prays it's if a pray is what it is Okay. And then there's pray.com. So I'm telling you, there is a global movement happening, not just because we have prayer apps, but there is truly a move of God that's happening worldwide in the realm of prayer. Yes. And the Lord desires for us to seek him because he wants to be with us in this end time. And then the second thing is I want to talk about the fig tree. This is another prophetic realm. The first is that God wants all to be saved. He's made that clear, and that's why he's delaying the coming of the Lord. And then the second thing is the fig tree, which helps us to see some of God's timetable. There are those that may may not agree with this, and I am certainly um, welcoming you to your opinion and thought. <laughs> <laughs> but Luke chapter 21 and verse 29 through 33 says, look at the fig tree. Now, mm-hmm. Jesus has spoken of the fig tree. Remember the fig tree that he cursed that had no fruit on it. It had leaves, but no fruit. And it seems like Jesus was having a bad day, doesn't it? That he just <laughs> wanted to, okay, I'm just going to uh, hit with lightning bolts everywhere. I'm not pleased. But actually, this fig tree was a representation of Israel. The yes. fig tree is representative of Israel throughout Scripture. I agree. And there was a facade of Israel. You know, the the wrong people were in power, and they were like whitewashed tombs is what Jesus called them. And there was no fruit. He said, you, you tithe all the mint and the, and the little tiny herbs, but the things that you should be doing, you're not doing. The Bible says when these things begin to come to pass, and it says when the fig tree begins to leaf out, these things that have come to pass, it says this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. And so, you know, these are things that only God knows, Beth. We as the people of God look at his word and try to be discerning. But my dad always believed this that I'm sharing with you. He preached prophecy every Sunday. And if he didn't have that as the main topic, he made his way there before the ending of the sermon. And Hal, Hal uh, Lindsay was a very, uh, has been very uh, a prominent prophecy teacher. And this is what he has taught also. And they are not alone in this belief. Right. But Israel became a nation in May, May 14. 1948, which was a miracle. <laughs> it was a miracle. And I hope one day to share that story 
uh, of our family that my dad met David Ben-Gurion, who actually proclaimed Israel a nation. And he told my dad when they interviewed, Mr. Ben-Gurion later wrote my dad five handwritten letters. And they had this thing in common, prophecy, Bible prophecy. My dad asked Mr. Ben-Gurion, Mr. Ben-Gurion, why, what caused you to proclaim Israel a nation that day? And he told my dad, he said, Reverend, I don't know. He said, I'll tell you what happened. He said, I heard a voice cry out, today Israel has become a nation. And he said, I looked around to see who said that, and I realized it came out of my mouth. And so that is, that's the kind of um, experience of prophecy that I've been exposed to. And that's why I have to share this, that the enemy wants to wipe out this generation that God said will not pass away until I'll be fulfilled. And that generation started in 1948. And it's very interesting I'm just going to throw this in for Lanyap, as they sound, say in <laughs> South Louisiana, um, that that our President Trump, President Clinton, and President George W. Bush were all three born within a two-month period of one wow. another in 1946. And there are many leaders that have are still alive. That and and making uh, making an impact, as you know, President Trump is and has stood for Israel. And so God has a timetable, but the enemy would like to wipe out the older population because he wants to move the timeline of God ahead before this great move of God. You and I are praying and believing God to take place because we still believe there are many lost people that have yet to hear the gospel. And we know that God desires for all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. First Timothy chapter two and verse four says, so we know that's God's desire, but it's the enemy's desire to wipe out as many people as possible. We've never had such a thing like this pandemic in all of modern history. Right. Go go ahead, Beth. Well, I was just going to jump in and say that my mom always says it this way. She always says that the enemy always overplays his hand and yes. God is always able to take that and turn, like you said, turn it for good. And I, I do believe this is going to usher in a, a revival. I mean, possibly yes. the the second great awakening, you know, the, the latter yes. rain, the end times yes. revival. I believe, I believe this that. is um, this is going to open up the doors in uh, in places that the doors have been shut, um, yes. and I also believe that this has gotten a lot of people's attention. People who have been on the fence, uh, this is serious, and people are going to have to get serious with the Lord. That's right, and I believe that people recognize it as a precursor to what yes. the Book of Revelations says. But we know God is a God of mercy, and He yes. has given this time frame of mercy. And we see that that our president has supported um, Israel. That that in itself has been huge, and and that God still cares about Israel 
and he still cares about America. Yes. And God still cares about the world. He wants the spread of the gospel to go worldwide. And that's why that brings me to the third point. So the first point is that God said that he is waiting. He's delaying his the coming of the Lord because he wants all people to be saved. He's not willing that any should perish. Second, secondly, God has a timetable and he's working on his timetable, but the enemy wants to push that timetable and remove influential and important people. And that's not just the older population, but I believe it's some right now that may be on their deathbeds. And that's why it's important for us to pray for all people around this world that have been affected by this coronavirus. Yes. And then number three is the spread of the gospel. The Bible's gospel of the kingdom shall be preached and all the world is a witness. And then the end will come. And we know the gospel is reaching around the world through television and media. Did you know iPhones and smartphones, people around the world have them. I was yes. at a missiology um, event, and they were sharing that we are more closely connected worldwide to people in every country than we ha- have ever been, that people around the world are interested in what America is doing, Americans' music, Americans' ideologies, and that's why we have an opportunity of a lifetime. Yes. We also know that Bible translators are are moving into high gear because they are trying to get the gospel interpreted and translated into every language of the world. Right now, the projected goal is 2033 from from Share Light campaign. I found out if you watched any of the, the Passion Conference that happened right in January the 1st, They were talking about this, the importance of spreading the gospel in every language through the written word. And the enemy wants to stop that endeavor. He wants to bring premature death to the plan of God. He wants to bring premature death to the law, to God's laborers, because we see that God's laborers, there are many of God's laborers, missionaries, and leaders who travel worldwide for the cause of Christ have been infected by this virus. And so it's important for us to pray. Here is another one of the enemy's endeavors. I'm talking about God's plan versus the enemy's plan. God's plan is to reach the lost, and the enemy's is to destroy. And so I want to show you the world's economy. Has our world economy ever been in such a place? The enemy is using this as a ploy to stop the gospel. That's Mm -hmm. number one. And number two is to stop the world superpower. Now, Beth, this is important because historically it's shown when there was a superpower that was reigning in the world, and I'm not saying America is reigning over the world, But in terms of influence, we are the most influential nation of the world. And when a a superpower is in power, the spread of the gospel is increased and empowered. Global travel is increased. 
poverty worldwide is decreased, infant mortality rates decrease, women's rights increase, and religious freedom increase. And so we see that that all of these things have happened uh, during the time of America's reign as the superpower. And more so, even more, I would like to say, since President Trump has been president, and I'm not on a political bandwagon, please don't think that, not at all. I'm trying to say that religious freedom has increased and been honored. And um, poverty and um, women's rights, the spread of the gospel has been empowered through America. And so it's important that we see that. And God is is speaking to us in this time, Beth. I, I want to just bring some illumination to things that we can do right now. Because yes. as we as we talk about these things and we see we are set for a, a thrust of a move of God and a great empowerment for the saints. So what can we do? Right. We can reach out to the lost is one thing. I I have been witnessing, as you have said, for many years. And I'm going to tell you, Beth, in the last few weeks when I have witnessed, there have been people who have responded so differently than ever before. In fact, at one hotel, our housekeeper, I stopped and prayed with her and began to share with her from the word that I believed God had for her at that moment. And this lady who had been very stoic, she was very, it was like she had a wall around her for the first few minutes of my speaking. And then as I began to share with her, you could see that wall was falling. And as I prayed with her, she began to wipe tears. By the time I left her, Beth, she was a river of tears. And so God is using this time. I've reached out to neighbors who have have reached back in a way that's never happened before. I have seen God moving in the hearts of people to be open. And that's exactly why when you watch the news, if you watch Fox News, you get to see Franklin Graham sharing the gospel. Is that amazing or what? Right. People are so open right now. This is the time to witness. But it's not the time just to speak with our mouths, but to speak with our lives. We must live righteously and we must show the fruit of our lives, of God. That's why Israel was a repulsion to God, because they had a facade. You know, they talked a good talk, but they didn't walk a good walk. And God is calling us to live holy lives, to live righteously, so that when we speak, it's like E.F. Hutton. It's an old commercial, I know that. But (laughs) when E.F. Hutton speaks, everybody listens. When people of God who've been living for God and showing the fruits of righteousness speak, people listen. Yes. And then God is calling for people to pray. Remember the scripture that never gets old. If my people who are called by my name, it's my people. It's not the whole of Nineveh. You know, sometimes we think all of Nineveh has to repent before God's going to move. And I'm speaking of America. 
we, right. we got in our minds my that people. It's everybody. <laughs> yes, it's my people, not the whole of the U.S., not the whole of the world, but my people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. And I just want to stop right there because we've got to pray in a new way. We've got to pray more than we've ever prayed. We've got to begin to fast more than we've fasted. We've got to begin to lay aside our agenda for God's agenda because God wants us to lay aside everything that would so easily beset us. And that's exactly what the scripture says. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. You know, I'm going to go back and visit my wicked, the wicked ways. You know, I heard someone say people entertain themselves with the things that Jesus died for. Wow. And we must be very careful about what we say with our mouths, what we're living out with our lives, what we're watching with our eyes, what we're listening to with our ears. Because God in, in Romans chapter one has told all the things that God hates. And if you watch television for very long, you're going to have a checklist. Yep, that's that. God hates that. And yet we make that our entertainment. And it grieves the heart of God. God wants us to get rid of our sin. He wants to heal our land. He wants yes. to heal it physically. He wants to heal it spiritually. And so I'm going to wrap this up right now because there are more than 10 righteous in America. Yes. And there are more dollars spent for missions and reaching the lost from America than any other country. There are untold thousands of missionaries who have been sent to preach the gospel in other countries. More dollars have been spent for the poor and suffering from America than any other country. And I will tell you, that is why God has not yet destroyed America. Because our sins have been piling up. The wicked things God hates are being done daily. Not just done, but are being, uh, are being celebrated in America. There are parades to celebrate the wicked sins happening in America. But I believe because of the things I just mentioned, that the mercies of God have been extended to us. Yes. I and agree. in closing, I want to share two scriptures with you. Daniel chapter 12, verse 10 says, The wicked will not understand, but the wise will understand. Daniel's talking about the end times, and God says, The wicked will not understand, but the wise will understand. The book of Revelation said, He that has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Yes. The wise will understand because the Spirit of God wants to reveal that to us. And then last of all, Daniel chapter 11, verse 32, it says, But the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. I believe yes. that's what God has for us, Beth. I don't yes. believe that this is the end. I believe this is the beginning of a great move of God. And well, I believe, like you do, we've got to come together and yes. begin to walk in the spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. 
I, I want to touch on one thing from that last scripture you just read. It said, for those who know God, um, if someone right now in this situation, if they're saying to themselves, okay, I want to become more serious with, I want to know the Lord better. And, and I want to be more serious in this moment and, and participate in what God's doing. Um, can, can you speak to that for just a minute? Yes, I sure will. As I mentioned, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And the Bible says that if we will call upon the name of the Lord, we will be saved. And so that's what it takes is calling upon the name of the Lord, crying out to him and and repenting of our sins and yes. turning from our wicked ways and choosing to follow God's plan and not our own. Humbling ourselves before God and saying, forgive me, God, I have sinned. Please help me, dear God. I want to serve you. I want to follow you. I want to live for you all the days of my life. And then pray in Jesus' name. Yes. And Jesus will transform your life, just as he has done my life and yours also, Beth. Yes. Thank you so much for being on the program and for bringing such a powerful, timely word right now. I know there's a lot of people who um, they need to be reassured that God does have has a plan for their life and he has a plan for the nations and he has a plan for Israel and for America. And, um, I, I agree with you. This, this may be a birth pain, but this is not the end. And right. there is uh, there is sun on the horizon and, and we have, we need to roll up our sleeves as, as the body of Christ and get to work. Uh, yes. th there's about to be a big harvest, I believe. Amen. And this is a time of prayer, yes. I believe, before that door opens up. And let's pray for God to solidify our economy and the economy of the world yes. um, so that the gospel can go forward, so that the poor and suffering can be impacted with the gospel. Because there are many organizations like Convoy of Hope, which is what uh, the group Bruce and I are serving with. And we not only share food, but we share the gospel. Samaritan's Purse does the same. And there are other organizations um, like Operation Blessing and Hands of Hope that, that are doing the same. And so we need to be the extension of Jesus' hands in this time. Yes. Well, thank you so much for being on the program. I, I, um, I, I give a lot of pause and, um, and honor to what you're saying and the things you've shared. I believe that uh, God is going to bless those and put place an anointing on it for those who will listen. And um, I just want to thank you again, and I hope to have you back very soon. I, I do want to talk about your book, Prayer Dynamics. It's a 31-day de devotional, or you call it a prayer journey. And right. so— um, I definitely want to have you back and talk about that. I know one of the things I liked about your book is you tell a lot of stories, which really makes it very simple and, and brings home each point that you make. And so I want to thank definitely you. have you back. And I want to also thank you for the, the blessing that you've been to the lives of me and my family. Uh, you guys have always held a very special place in our hearts, and um, I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you, Beth. We love you guys, too. And thank you so much for having me on today. God bless you. Thank you.
If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and consider giving as little as a quarter through patreon.com slash thepracticalprophetic or through the link in the description box. All proceeds will continue to fund this podcast, and thank you for listening. And also, if you would like to send me an email, you can do so at bethwingate at aim.com. That's bethwingate, B-E-T-H-W-I-N-G-A-T-E, at aim, A-I-M, dot com. Bethwingate at aim.com. Once again, thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe and have a blessed day.